Hey, I'm Shamar. And I'm Andrew. We're going to be doing a deep dive on all the connected DC animated movies in their cinematic universe. Yes, I'm here to discuss the interconnected storylines and point out how jacked everybody is. And I'm here to share deep comic book knowledge like Batman having his own sneaker line. So check out yet another DC animated podcast. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family and coming soon wherever you listen to your podcast. Hello there, I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished colleagues all, I have failed you. I was really hoping to come up with something super ridiculous to say at the beginning of this episode in the final five seconds before Elise hit the record button. <laughs> and I simply could not come up with anything more than like a, hey which I always do. Yep. And you put the pressure on me too. Like with your eyes, you were like, are you going to hit the record button or not? And I did. I, mm. And you, you just, you cut yourself short. This is my apologies. I I just, I want to do better. I will do better in the future. I just hope, I hope you can forgive me. So without further ado, hey welcome to another episode <laughs> of Cracking One Open. I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. And today we're drinking beer. Not just any beer. We're drinking a Vienna Lager. Yeah, boy. It'll go well with my macaroni and cheese I ate before. I'm going to be fat today. <laughs> <laughs> So more specifically, this week we are cracking open the Vienna Lager from Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, which is located in Lexington, Virginia. According to their website, years ago, founders Steve and Heidi Crandall were on a ski trip to the Alps when they tried their first craft beer, a German Weiss, at a brew pub. So to satisfy their thirst for a local haunt that served European-style craft beers, they started a whole brewery, <laughs> complete with a full-on brew pub for locals and visitors. It became a place where folks could drink and tell stories about their time on the trail or the ski slope or all of the above. They're they skiing in Lexington, Virginia? Apparently so. I know of it for its historic value, mm -hmm. but I did not know it for its... Skiing value. Skiing value. <laughs> um, they named the brewery Devil's Backbone, the same nickname that some brave surveyors, including Thomas Jefferson's dad, uh, called this hard-to-summit mountain region almost 300 years ago. In 2016, Devil's Backbone was acquired by Anheuser-Busch. Hold on, hold on. I know, uh, I, I, have, I have a thing for this. I have a, oh, what's that? Boo! <laughs> Boo! Continue. Okay. Uh huh. Uh, and since then, they have continued to brew award-winning beers like the one that we'll be drinking today. 
Part of their philosophy is that they believe in being, quote, slow by nature is of mighty importance. It's why they take their time to brew their lagers, and it's why they're smack dab in the middle of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Slow says, hey, relax, while also implying that our lagers aren't hastily made, that it takes a lot of time and craft to get them right. By nature means that this philosophy is ingrained in us. It also literally states that we're from, by nature, in a one-stoplight town at the base of the Blue Ridge Mountains. We appreciate a life of simple pleasures here. Together, slow by nature defines us and is an implicit call to action, or rather one of taking less action, doing it outside with a devil's backbone beer in hand. End quote. So, in line with their philosophy, Devil's Backbone employs time-honored brewing techniques. To make their handcrafted recipes come out just right, they still use the German-designed Zeman Miyake system that they started with back in 2008 every day. What's this it system pumped, called? I was really hoping you weren't going to ask because I tried to look it up and there's almost nothing online. What do you call How do they say it? Zeman Miyake. Sounds Japanese. It doesn't sound very German to me. It's... So the the all I could find <laughs> is that um, it seems to be an advanced mash filtration system. Okay. The first three search results when you when you pop it into Google are New England Brewing Company, Two Roads, and Charter Oak Brewing, which are three breweries in Connecticut. And that does not help me at all. <laughs> and then you just keep going and it's like an article referring to Devil's Backbone and how they use it. And it's like, I just want to know what the system is. There's no like Wikipedia page for it. There's no, nothing. Really? Nah. Interesting. You'd think that there'd be some kind of like, here's from the instruction booklet of this brewer. Mm -hmm. this, yeah, interesting. Like I found the actual manufacturer's website, but it really didn't Doesn't say how to me. use it or anything. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So the Zeman Miyake system pumps out 8.5 barrels a day. But they've also grown to a 120-barrel, fully automated, fully high-tech German Rolex brewing system. Again, don't ask me what it is because I could not find anything on that. I'll tell you what it is. It's a handout from Anheuser-Busch is what that is. <laughs> I just kept getting like, did you mean Rolex? That's what um, I would assume you would get. Yes, that's yeah. why I wouldn't have. <laughs> so, but no matter what they use, they make sure each beer is brewed with personality and integrity of flavor from their 12% barley wine to their 4.5% gold leaf lager. Devil's Backbone says, quote, if you're looking for the beer that started it all, this is it. Vienna Lager is the beer for everybody, including professional beer, ju beer judges. Just seems to dig. Mm. You want to say that over so yep. it makes sense? Yep. <laughs> I added a word. Oh, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Take five. I want to keep all these in the edit. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Devil's Backbone says, if you're looking for the beer that started it all, this is it. Vienna Lager is the beer everybody, including professional beer judges, just seems to dig. Maybe they like how it's smooth, medium bodied and semi-sweet while not too heavy or bitter. Maybe it's the amber color or the blend of four imported malts balanced by two Germanic hops, or the fact that it takes five weeks to get it right. Or maybe it's all of the above. End quote. So Vienna Lager clocks in at a easy drinking 5.2% ABV and has an IBU rating of 18, which is surprisingly on the lower end, even for a Vienna Lager. So this is going to be pretty mild. Um, they say we 
can expect it to pour a nice amber color, although an SRM rating would have been nice. Do love me an SRM. <laughs> the malts used include Vienna, obviously, Pilsner, Dark Munich, Kara Amber, and the hops used include Northern Brewer and Saz. So Northern Brewer hops, I believe, is one that we actually have not covered before. I've definitely mentioned it because it's one of the parents of cashmere hops, which we've covered several times. The name is definitely familiar. Exactly. But searching through my notes, I don't think we've actually covered Northern Brewer. So Northern Brewer was originally developed in England in 1934, but it is now largely grown in Germany. There are only very subtle differences between these two, depending on whether they're grown in England or Germany. But it's also grown here in the United States, and that variety is more distinct from the other two. In brewing, they are dual purpose, useful as both a bittering and aroma hop, but it's used predominantly as an early addition by commercial brewers in Germany, and it has a unique woody, herbal, peppery, and even minty note. We've also mentioned Saz a lot because A, it's a noble hop, and B, it's a parent of Motueka. But we haven't actually talked about Saz a lot as part of a beer um, that we're featuring mm. instead of just like referencing it. Um, so Saz was officially registered in 1952, but it dates back as a staple variety of hop for more than a thousand years. Saz is one of the original Four Noble hops and has a distinctive and classic aroma. It's well known for its prominent use in Stella Artois and countless bohemian lagers and pilsners. It has a warm herbal character thanks to high levels of farnazine, while its other oils are more balanced. It generally has low alpha acids and adds a delicate bitterness when used as an early addition. However, Saz can be difficult to grow. Its yield is meager, it has weak mildew resistance, and very light cones. The original Saz variety has been successfully cloned nine times. So far this semester, he has been absent nine times. Nine times? Nine times. Between 1952 and 1993, in an effort to improve these factors... And this hybridization is necessary to breed resistance to wilt and mildew and make it a more viable crop. And that's what I got. Woo! He's been absent nine times. Nine times. Sorry. Are you ready to crack this baby open? No, I, I need to go grab the beers first. Oh, okay. Let's do that. Okay. All right. Time to crack it open. Crack it. Too much off the top of the can. No. Got a little burst of like this sweet maltiness, but has like disappeared immediately. That is a very nice amber color. Not crazy carbonation. No. Nice head on Very clear. It is very clear. It's clearer than I thought it would be. This is like Trogue's clear. Yeah. But then again, it's a lighter Vienna lager. Yeah. I'm used to Vienna lagers being, I think, a little higher in ABV. Oh, okay. A little darker and heavier. That's why I was like, well. Oh, now yeah. I can smell those sweet malts. Mm-hmm. Smells a bit sea like cereal. Yeah. Oh, that means you're going to love it. Of course I do. <laughs> I love Vienna lager. Cheers. Cheers. I don't think I've ever had a Vienna lager I don't like. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Oh, that's nice. So malty. 
and sweet and like brown sugar, like burnt brown sugar. Yeah, definitely that burnt brown sugar note oh. for sure. It's like the Connie Nut Cheerios almost. Just like it is. All that. Mm. Cereal neatness. Burnt oat oats and the rolled the oats malt. and mm-hmm. the cerealness. The sweetness is like a like a burnt brown sugar. It's a very specific sweetness. You're mm-hmm. right. It's very like uh well, oh man, it smells so good. <laughs> there's something on the can that will be a dead giveaway once we get to it. So yeah, <laughs> uh, and it's, it's a good thing this is only five point two percent because this is. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I was just gonna say that makes it so good is it's only five point two percent. It's mm-hmm. not a heavy Vienna lager. A lot of the yeah. Vienna lagers I've had, although I think I have had one Vienna lager before where I was also surprised it was light. Was it the one from East Rock? Maybe. But this does remind me of one of the other Vienna lagers I used to have all the time because we yeah. had one at, I think, the theater for a time. Oh, okay. I don't remember what it was, uh, but I, I would have it a lot. I want to say, I still want to say Brookshire made it or Breckenridge. Breckenridge, Breckenridge. Uh, made it, but I can't remember now, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was Breckenridge and it was a Vienna lager and it was a little heavier. Okay. But ever since then, I've had a couple more that were like, or I've had at least one more that was very light like this. Yeah, I I think that was the one from East Rock. I had, I did not have the one from Breckenridge, but I, I guess I could see that being a little bit heavier. But I also associate Breckenridge with that vanilla porter that they make, which is, which is also heavier. delicious. That's uh, so good. The carbonation is really just perfect. Like I could just sit here in silence and just gulp this down. Honestly, it's this is just so good. It's just malt and sweetness and the very, very little bitterness at all. Yeah. Which enables you. I don't want to like, say it's sweet, but it's kind of sweet. It's It's got that sweetness to it at the end when it's already down your throat, kind mm-hmm. of like you've already taken the sip and your tongue's like, oh, that was a little sweet. Yeah. But it's not sweet like you get it's like with some IPAs and stuff like that. It's just like. Yeah. Sweetness. Or like honey or something like that or, mm-hmm. or any kind of that. Uh, but even natural sweetness kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. This is sweetness like you get when you eat cereal. Yeah. Like on the back end because like the a oats natural and the barley whole are kind of like, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Are blocking it like, away. The color is perfect. It really is. It's that smooth. It's red, beautiful. Brown. Picturesque. Oh, yeah. This is one that you snap for social media. This is so good. It's just a phenomenal beer. I think it's obviously kind of wintertime beer because it's. Yes, I wouldn't necessarily want this in the summertime. It's not heavy, but in the summertime, I want something a little bit more refreshing, maybe a little bit more bite to it. Yeah, you want something crisp and this is definitely not crisp. Yeah, I think that's what you mean by bite is that crispness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this definitely doesn't have that. It's got that light, light sweetness. It's got that cereal taste too. I don't think really screams summertime. Uh, even though obviously you still have cereal in the summertime. Yeah. It's just for some reason that and taste. And there's plenty is, of like Mexican lagers that we that. loved last year and the year before. Oh, that they use had oats. That, yeah. But they use more, that's more just oats. Whereas this, the oats are mixed with the malt. That mm-hmm. oatiness is also mixed with the the maltiness of it. That's true. Plus the malts are point. definitely what takes over. And then there's that little bit of oatiness in it. Mm-hmm. This actually kind of reminds me a little bit of the, um, the extra 
beer that yeah, we had. Yeah, I could totally see that. That okay. was very, very much malt. Mm-hmm. And that's what you were drinking. You were just drinking basically liquefied sweet malt. Yep. Is that is that? But that beer was also overly sweet. Yeah, this, this is beer more tempered. Is not overly sweet. It has that the sweetness in there was just sweet, and whereas this is that sweetness is brown sugar, mm-hmm. and it's balanced by those hops. Yes, which I don't mean to sound gross, but when I burped just now. <laughs> I kind of got the hops. <laughs> <laughs> How'd they taste on the way back up? Still no. pretty good. <laughs> we have such refined conversation on this podcast. <laughs> Beer makes you burp, especially when you drink it fast for the podcast. It just happens. It's an occupational hazard. I will not, I will not apologize for my bodily functions. My body, you, you my choice. You never do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I can't believe I'm drinking this in this beer. Like, it's just so good. Mm. This is solid. I'm kind of sad that I didn't get another four pack so that we could have two more in the fridge after this. Oh my God. Mm. Just like cereal. So the can's pretty cool too. It's it a is. full heat synced heat thing label. I don't know what to call it. I call it heat synced, but I don't think that's the name. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to correct you because I don't know the actual (laughs) answer, but I don't know if that's right. Every time I hear myself say it, I just think I'm a liar (laughs) because I know that's not what it's called. Uh, But basically, it's not a press on label. It's not a stick on sticker. It's been heated on and treated onto the can. It's a huge, beautifully painted landscape painting of uh of rolling hills that are all farmland and plots of farm and there's this great cottage in front of it that looks like a ski lodge mm-hmm. it actually might be the ski lodge in the summertime oh that'd be fun but it does look a lot like a ski lodge and it's nice brown with these orangey brick orange brown kind of rooftop in the background mm-hmm. but it's all from pretty far away and there's a bird flying through the Vienna Lager logo, which is very classic looking uh, logo. And above that is the Devil's Backbone logo, which is very interesting. It's two little wheat stalks on the side. And the Devil's Backbone is the same font as the Vienna Lager, that same kind of fancy old timey font. DB with a sun behind it, yellow sun, mountains at the top. And below it says Devil's Backbone Brewing Company. It's a very nice kind of classy kind of logo. Mm-hmm. I love the font that the Vienna Lager is in, yeah. Brewed in the USA. On the bottom it says mild, toasted, and caramel notes. Is that what you were yep. going to say? Yep. <laughs> Definitely, absolutely 100% true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the back stripe, you've got this light orange, which tells you more about the beer. 5.2 alcohol volume, color amber, 1.16 fluid ounces. Four Great American Beer Festival medals, two World Beer Cup Awards. This is an award-winning beer, guys, and it shows. Yep. Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, Lexington, Virginia, dbbrewingcompany.com, 540-817-6080. Please recycle. Contains wheat. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. <laughs> it's beer. <laughs> See bottom of can for best consumed by date. <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. I have to finish this can by the 17th of April, 2022. I think we can manage that. I think I did it. For anybody listening to this episode in the future. We're we're recording recording this in January. January. (laughs) (laughs) We got there ahead of the game. 
And yeah, that's it. I don't have much else to say. It's a very well-drawn picture. Definitely eye-catching in it's a very, very classy kind of way. I love the color palette. It's very mellow. Yep. Very, kind of very faded. farmy. I like that behind you get this like two different like layers. You get the foreground layer, which is all colorful with the rolling mm-hmm. hills. And then you've got a layer of fog moving in and all the hills in the back are all kind of a faded grayish kind yeah, of color. Yeah, kind of muted. As they go back into the into, into the, the distance. Mountains. It definitely seems like something you would see on somebody's living room wall. Oh, yeah. It's like one of those calm, serene, Bob Rossi kind of paintings. Yes. That's definitely what this is. There are no mistakes, just happy accidents. I'm going to make a tree. <laughs> a couple of brush strokes. Copy me, Will, won't you? I'm going to drink this beer. Calmly. Serenely. You ever drink beer? Beer makes you happy. <laughs> beer you does to, make you happy. You should do what makes you happy. Responsibly. It still blows my mind that he was like a drill sergeant. That's why I said before. he never raised his voice again. Yep. Cheers to Bob Ross. <laughs> hey, cheers. <laughs> I could have Bob Ross hair if I didn't cut my hair. You could. So could Alex. Alex has gotten close. That's true. My brother has gotten close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think, we're both almost done with this. I think I only have one sip left. Yep. That's sad. I have like three. But I always drink slower than you. I don't want this to be over. Oh, it's a phenomenal beer. This is another early contender for the top five. Honestly. Yeah. And now we should be proactive this year and And start start the top five. Yeah, we should. This is definitely a contender. This Mm -hmm. is so good. It's so mutedly sweet. It's so caramel, burnt brown sugar notes. And it's so cereal-y in its, in its wheat and malt flavoring. It's just so well balanced. The sweet, the slight bitter, the carbonation. It's like everything you want to just like chill, sit down. And I mean, you, <laughs> I want to say sip the beer, but honestly, you're going to end up gulping it because it's damn delicious. It's so good. Although, that being said, I feel like it might be killed by a lot of food. Hey, I was just going to ask you what you think you could eat this with. <gasps> Whoa. I mean, are we, carbs? are we vibing right now? We're always vibing, baby. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> I could see this with ice cream. Ooh, like vanilla? Vanilla ice cream. Mm-hmm. I could even do a chocolate ice cream because it's got the caramel notes. It's true. Strawberry ice cream might kill it because that brings a whole nother type of sweetness. Yeah, I could see it with more vanilla desserts, maybe maybe something fruity, but it depends how fruity it is. I could see this with apple pie. Ooh. I could see this with peach pie, mm-hmm. but anything where there's like acidity, like a blue. No, I would see this go with a blueberry. Oh, see, I don't yeah, know. That, that's where I might be like, eh. Because those are lighter, but they do have the, the lend the acidity might mix well with the, the caramelness of it. It could. It could. I don't think it would go with cake. I think cake would kill it. Cheesecake, though. Mm, maybe cheesecake. That's a little bit more muted. Regular cakes, the extra sweetness would probably kill it a little mm-hmm. bit. But regular dinners, seafood, no. Yeah. A lot of the, Beef, no. the nuances Steak, no. of it would be lost. Chicken, probably not. I just, yeah, I really can't see eating this with any kind of foods. French fries. This is no. this Pub is to food, be enjoyed no. by yeah. itself, basically. This is a before the food comes beer at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. 
or an after the food is done kind of beer. Yeah. Or if you're just like chilling out by your bonfire in the backyard kind of thing. Oh, yeah. This is also obviously a if you're just drinking some beer, beer. Mm-hmm. Just It doesn't just go with food, though. Yeah. It's got to proceed or proceed food. Not that it would ruin your food. You would just lose would the, the, the taste of the beer. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's not going to clash. It's just going to be lost. I think it would clash with seafood. I think it would clash with steak. I can't speak to it clashing with steak or chicken. <laughs> Red sauce. You're definitely not having this with a lasagna. <laughs> I just can't see it happening, man. Well, you're the expert in that area. Eat more Italian food, goddammit! <laughs> <laughs> I'm already done with my beer and I'm sad. Yeah, I've got like two sips left. Good <laughs> job, Devil's Backbone. <laughs> yep, Devil's Backbone, Vienna Lager. It's I will definitely phenomenal. keep my eye out for more from them. So what made you choose this beer? I was looking for something that would be more seasonal and I didn't want to choose just another like IPA or whatever. But to be completely honest, our local package store was kind of lacking in new stuff. Um, So there wasn't anything like specifically winter, but I saw the Vienna Lager and I was like, ah, it seems more appropriate for this time of year. Mm -hmm. Faux show. Faux show. I'm glad I did. I'm glad you did as well. <laughs> it's just a very different kind of interesting selection for you to pick. Yeah. This would be more of like And a, it's also pretty cheap. It was like less than $10. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah. I figured this would be a $12 one. They're also big beer technically. So like. That's true. Yeah. <gasps> we've been subsidized. <laughs> no. Also, wait, we've complimented this beer way too much. Oh, see, I don't care. If it's a good beer, it's a good beer. <sighs> And they started out there. They were independent for. Yeah. Then they sold out one day. Two roads will sell out. It's going to end up happening because they're getting Don't too big. For their own pitches. And when they do, I can't go to two roads anymore with the amount of respect I used to have. But we are the OGs of two roads. We've been there from the beginning. I know. And that's what makes it so goddamn sad. See, big I, beer buys I, a craft I think brewery. that they're employing the right people that are going to keep it on the right path and that they can handle how big it's going to get. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that they're going to stay independent we'll for as I, long as possible. I, I think, will I, think say this. I hold them to such a high standard. <laughs> I will say this about some of big beer. At least they're not in a bev mm-hmm. or whatever. Some multi overseas conglomerate that isn't even in the country that. Mm-hmm. They're all over the world. They can't possibly oversee the production of anything. Yeah. At least there's something American. Not that it has to be American, but something that isn't so big and worldwide. Yeah. Because I think then you lose focus. But at the same time, I don't know. It just devalues something. Like Anheuser-Busch. It's got Bush in the name. Bush beer. Have you had Bush? No. It's bad. I don't think I have, actually. It's really bad. I see cans discarded on the side of the road all the time <laughs> i've had bush once and it was not good i'd rather have a budweiser like it's just and that's saying something for you exactly it's like come on but you know whatever i've also seen you know we like goose island and their quality hasn't diminished since, goose they, island. since they've been we purchased. also like a lesion lesion has been purchased so like it, it, i feel like some big big beer in, in some ways has learned let's buy craft beer let's help them out but at that's some point you have to step back and let them still have their creativity. That's the thing is like, they're clearly doing better than us. There's a reason everyone's going to craft yep. breweries and it is because 
of the quality and the care and the mm-hmm. unique personalities and creativity of these brewers. Yeah. And that's something you can't restrict because you need that. Mm-hmm. It's like movie studios and movies and directors and producers going, we need the new talent. Like some studios, like we need the new talent unhinged, go off to your own thing. It's like when they give James Gunn the ability to do something like Suicide Squad. Yeah. And it's just like clearly isn't as beholden to the studios as some other movies are. And it's just, that's why people like it. Or A24 movie studios getting into a movie bend, (laughs) (laughs) which puts out a bunch of weird stuff, but it's awesome. Mm -hmm. And some of it sticks and some of it doesn't. But A24 basically says, here's a bunch of money. Go make something great and make it your own. And that should be the mindset of these bigger companies that are buying the, the smaller independent craft breweries. Like Exactly. We're buying you because you were great. Yeah. We don't want you to stop being great. The minute they give one of them direction is when it's like, all right. Yeah. But I do also get, I need you to stop doing beers that fail. Yeah. These or are your beers that really like work. Small That's batch, what we want. Like you can only do like a certain amount of small batch kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I, like there are certain restrictions I can understand, but overall you just don't want to stifle the creativity. Right. I mean, I think devil's backbone is a case for where it's, I guess it's working out for them because they can do. Oh yeah. Maybe we wouldn't have had this without Anheuser-Busch is the other thing. That's also true. Being in Virginia, they may not have had the distribution. I mean, Virginia is not too far away, mm-hmm. but it's only a few hours away. Still, they're only doing with the original method. What? 13 BBLs you said? 8.5. 8.5 and then 122 when they got the, well, I assume would be the Anheuser-Busch hookup yeah. with that big thing. So yeah. yeah, it's like give or take, you know, more people get to try this awesome beer, but then they're also owned by big beer. Yeah. But there's something about that independent craft logo on a beer that just makes it taste so much <laughs> better. <laughs> But this, I already said it's a top five beer, so I can't take that back just nope. because I remembered it was Anheuser-Busch. Anyway, that's my tangent. <laughs> this anyway, beer is phenomenal. Here's Wonderwall. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> leave a message. <laughs> so I guess uh, let's wrap it up. I got no more beer left and you have no beer left, which yeah. is pretty unheard crazy of. Crazy unheard of. Mm-hmm. That's how easy drinking this is. Yeah. So thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackandwhenopen or shoot us an email at crackandwhenopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we always want to hear from you. What do you got to plug? I've got audiobooks you should buy on Audible. My name is Michael Butler on Audible, and I do books, mostly horror books. Sour, which is like an Appalachian fairy tale meets Evil Dead, where I do a bunch of Southern accents. It's really fun. Uh, Coffee at Midnight, The Final Girl, Progressive Entrapment. Uh, Those are books by uh, Brandon Ford that are horror books. Uh, Some of them are require you to be a hardcore horror fan, uh, but those are very good. And I've got The Murder of Kelly Christopher, also by Brandon Ford, which is more of a mystery novel about a podcaster. Uh, And then I've got other books like Vacation Planet by Joe Slater. And I've got other books as well that you should check out. Switch Art, Fart, and Gangsters, like a Guy Ritchie novel. I do a bunch of British accents. That's really fun. 
I don't make money on these books unless you buy them. So go ahead and buy them. I've also got another podcast I do, Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about movies, films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because they're another movie came out in their initial run or the movie simply was forgotten about by audiences. We'll talk about what we love about the movie. Maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. Anywhere you get podcasts or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family, along with this podcast right here and a myriad of other fantastic podcasts you should give a listen to. And that, as they say, is that. And a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Is it bad luck to clink an empty glass? I don't know. I know it's bad <laughs> luck to clink water. I did not know that. Mm. Ooh. You're also technically supposed to make eye contact when you clink. Shit. <laughs> <laughs>